It's a top selector. Due to some violent content, parental discretion is advised. I know you're gonna dig this. Presentation. Cuéntame, mi negro. So, even like tonight, if those young kids is happy, oh, I went eight rounds, and I and and with the exhibition. The main thing that you should be happy with is this. I mean, it wasn't a real fight. So that's really, it's like some sparring in the gym. So if I'm able to come and spar, now, if you're talking about fights, you got to go out there and, and really fight right now in the sport of boxing. They're fighting, they make three or four million. So just leading up to this. Those are the, the words of. Those are the words of the one and only Floyd Mayweather Jr., uh, Kenny. He's uh, talking about being happy and whatnot. We'll get into that in a, a moment. But before we start off talking about Floyd, I know you're a big fan of a particular fighter that fought on the undercard. So why don't we start with him? Why don't we start with Jared Hurd? And by the way, this is Mano Amano. I'm Maitroa Amilcar Amil, and this is my uh, partner, Kenny T. So let's get right into it, Kenny. Undercard uh, fighter. All right, let's do it. Let's get right into it. Well, I was, uh, I have to say, man, I was fairly uh, disappointed because me being myself a big dude, you know, me believing in uh, muscle and power for performance, uh, and Jared Heard being a fighter that has all of that and didn't necessarily take advantage of it. Uh, he's always fought like a small guy. He's always like he always likes to get on the inside, kind of use his little shoulder, give these little uppercuts and these little hooks and stuff, you know. And it's, it was just very disappointing to see him get his ass whooped. So by, by a dude that he was that was supposed to be like a like a come up fight. It was supposed to be like a cherry pick. It was supposed to make him look good on his way back to one fifty four. So we're obviously talking about Jared Hurd, who fought on the Mayweather. Card. And we're going to get into the Mayweather performance in a moment. But uh, we did want to touch on Jared Hurd. He was the 154-pound champion at a certain point, unified. He was stopped by J-Rock Williams, who was later stopped himself. And he's moved on up to middleweight. And, I mean, look, I always, I've always thought that Jared Hurd gets hit too much. Uh, I've always thought that his style, which is to be aggressive, uh, moving forward and kind of using his body weight and his size was not going to really work for him very well at 160 pounds. And he moved up. He fought a guy that I believe lost to Luke Keeler and a couple other kind of, you know, mid-tier middleweights. And he did not look very good Saturday night. So, we did want to start off with that. I know Kenny's a big fan of, uh, or was a big fan. Maybe you're, you're not so much anymore of Jared, Jared Hurd. But uh, I, I don't know where he goes from here, Kenny, because, you know, I, I don't see him really being competitive at 160 pounds. Yeah, I don't see him being competitive at 160 pounds either. Um, I wouldn't say that I was a big fan of his, but I was a fan of his. Like I said, a lot of the things that he stood for, a lot of things that he did, I really appreciate it and I liked, you know. Uh the the fact that he was willing to fight and, and was willing to get hit in order to hit back, I respect that. You know, a lot of people are afraid to get hit, aka Devin Haney, uh, in order to, to do some damage, you know. Uh so 
it's, it was just very disappointing to see to see him in a what was supposed to be a cherry pick fight to see him just not look good like that uh but where does he go from here supposedly he's going back down to 154 where hopefully he can use the same big weight big body advantages that he was using before although he took a uh, 154 too and this was supposed to be on his way back supposedly he went all the way up to 200 pounds then started working his way back down and got to 160 and yeah, I don't know. It's not looking too good for because because the, the the fight with Arius was originally supposed to be at 154, and then uh, they uh, spoke about it and decided to make it at 160. And Arius agreed to it because he apparently he he he's playing no games. He's in the fight. He was also the B side and he wanted the bag. Uh, so look, like I said, I don't really know where he's he's going, Kenny. Um, no it, way. It's going to be tough. Let's move on to Badu Jack who was supposed to fight Jean-Pascal on the undercard. Jean-Pascal got popped three, four times, kind of like Big Baby Miller. Uh, I was a fan of Pascal. You know, I I actually trained with him when I was younger. Uh, I've always followed his career from afar, and it's very disappointing to see him go out like that. I think he's kind of tainted himself a little bit. And, you know, Badu Jack stepped up against a, a guy who was really overmatched He's talking about moving up to cruiserweight, 200 pounds. Personally, Kenny, I don't think that's a very good move for him. Uh, I've seen him get take take a lot of punishment at 175. He's going to be a little bit undersized, I think, for cruiserweight. And you've got some really tough guys at that division, even guys like the KO doctor, let alone Marius uh, Bradis. Uh, I, I don't really think that's a good move for him, but I guess because he's getting older, he, he's going to have to make that move. What are your thoughts on Badu Jack, Kenny? Well, ba- Badu Jack, I just looked up his stats. He's six foot one. He's currently 165. Uh, uh, someone who's six foot one could definitely put up the weight to 200 pounds. Will he be effective? Will he, able to, will he be able to carry the weight on him and be good and effective with it? I don't know. He's been used to fighting at this lower weight class for a while. You know, it's it's difficult to tell, but we do know as fighters get older, they can no longer really make weight, and they want to continue doing what they know what they have been known to do for their entire lives, which is box. And he wants to continue his career, so I commend him for trying to go to cruiserweight. Should he do it? He wants to continue with the money team. He wants to continue making money from boxing. Uh, so I'm not really against it. I'm not really against it. Will he be effective? I don't know. Will he get badly hurt? We'll see in the first fight if he if he does get badly hurt and if he decides to pull back from it. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't really think it's a good move for him personally, but uh, if he can't make weight, he can't make weight. So, look, we've made it now to the main event of Sunday night, uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr. I'm going to play a little bit more audio from Floyd, and then, and then we'll go in on it. <laughs> and y'all getting, y'all, y'all getting upset? Y'all getting upset. And guess what? I'm not going to no boxing sites because all they do, I get the hate on both sides. If you don't like me, don't write about me. If you don't, if you guys don't want to see me do no exhibitions, don't come. Don't watch. I, I come on record and tell y'all when it comes to legalized bank robbing, I'm the best. <laughs> I changed my name from Pretty Boy Floyd. When I change this to money, Mayweather, I start making money. You got to speak things to an existence.
Floyd pretty much uh, took a big shit on the fans over there, I think, um, you know, by saying that he robbed the bank. Robbed the bank means that the people who paid for this shit are suckers. He pretty much said that this wasn't a fight. I mean, it went eight rounds. He said pretty much Logan Paul should be happy with himself, I guess, but this wasn't a real fight. It was a bank robbery. According to him, he made $30 million just off the endorsements on his trunks. I don't really know if I buy that personally. Um, but, I mean, to me, it's uh, classic Floyd. I mean, the fans ended up underwhelmed here, at least classic Floyd in the last few years. Uh, it, it was not really a good fight. Logan Paul, I actually thought embarrassed him personally, Kenny. This is a guy who was 0-1 as a professional boxer, losing to a video game playing YouTube uh, YouTube uh, star from the, U- from the U.K., and he actually took some rounds. <laughs> and I thought he actually f- finished the fight uh, doing pretty decent. And he wasn't even really, like, throwing good, straight, clean, kind of textbook boxing punches in there. Um, it, it, I, I don't know. It, to me, this wasn't a good look for Floyd. What were your thoughts? Man, I thought it was a very, very, very funny, bo- a funny night for boxing. I was laughing most of the way through the night. Uh, I, I agree with you that, that Logan definitely took a couple rounds because Mayweather wasn't really even throwing punches. He did make Mayweather look bad because he should have never fought him. No, like We know the guy is so much bigger than him, and we know that the size advantage was going to play a factor. And he actually did land a couple of clean punches on Mayweather. He actually landed like a two-punch combo. It was, a, it was an ugly two-punch combo, but he did land a two-punch combo. And for a man who claims to be TBE, the best ever, you know, you don't expect for a YouTuber, a Pokemon trainer, trader, you know, uh, a dude who eats Legos to not land some punches on him. He's only been training for one year and he's 0-1. It doesn't make any type of sense whatsoever. But I have to say, though, the Bodega Boys, Daces and Mero, I, I don't like those guys at all, but they had me fucking dying with the commentary and the shit that they was talking about, about Logan Paul and Mayweather. It was hilarious. I actually thought they were a little biased against uh, Paul and pro Mayweather, um, but I'll get into that in a second. First, I just want to shout out the people that are joining us live. JC, Mr. Sinister, Bruce Goes, Nando, Nopal, um, Chicano Prophet, who else is out there? Uh, Tracy. Uh, everyone who's who, uh, alive with us, Joe Lopez, thank you so much for being live uh, for Mano a Mano with me and Kenny. Look, I, the Bodega Boy is not a big fan. Uh, I'm not as big of a fan as them as I am of Ak and Barak. Uh, I consider the Bodega Boys to just do straight cooling and shit on their show. Um, <laughs> I, I, they're just joking and jiving for white people, pretty much. And then white people that want to be cool go on that show little celebrities, and it gives them a little kind of a fake street credit. I think the whole thing's dumb. I think their their routine is dumb. But, yes, I was a little bit entertained by by what uh, w- what they were saying at times. However, I do feel that they were overplaying any little thing that Mayweather did. Any little thing, they, they were they were overplaying it. So if he landed a right hand, they, they went crazy for it. Um, but you're right. He had he had uh, no business getting even touched by Logan Paul. His punches were terrible. 
they're like he was like arm punching even when he was landing. And I mean, he was pretty much just keeping him at bay in the first round with feints and jabs, which I thought was pretty funny. So Nando's asking, did Floyd kill YouTube boxing in an unintentionally sorriest way possible? You know what? No. I, I actually think I, I'm with Tracy. He, she says not at all. I don't think he. Di- I don't think he did. He brought um, more attention. He brought more attention, and if anything, uh, he's going to look kind of real suspect if Jake Paul starts calling him out and he and he he turns down the fight. Because if you remember before this, he said that he take them all in the same night. He, he's definitely not going to fight Jake Paul. Jake Paul is the better boxer of both brothers, and. It's not that Jake Paul is gonna cause some damage to Mayweather, but if if Logan, the Wag brother, landed a couple punches and kept him at bay with this weird little jab and landed, uh, he actually landed a two punch combo. It was there. He did. It, it, I can only see Jake Paul landing more punches and maybe even marking Mayweather uh, one time or two because the, the Jake Paul brother does have more power. He does know how to throw more direct and better punches. Uh, he does seem to be the better fighter of both. Not he, saying that he, that it would be a great fight or that I want to see it, but I do think that he would do more damage. And I think that that's why uh, Mayweather chose Logan Paul and said the whole bank robbery statement because he's like, there's no chance that Logan Paul could win all based off of what Mayweather had seen before the fight. Look, I think it was a bad move. Overall, for Mayweather, on a number of of fronts. Number one, the performance was bad. Number two, it was against the YouTuber that was 0-1. Number three, he was talking hella shit before the fight that he didn't back up, okay? He was supposed to prove that boxing's not a game, that you can't just get into boxing, you don't play boxing, you'll get hurt getting in there against a real boxer. That didn't happen. At all. That didn't happen. And I think the worst part about this is the fact that people paid $50 and essentially he then took a shit on them and said it was essentially eight rounds of sparring. He got 30 million or whatever for the advertisements that were on his trunks and that he's going to make way more money off the the back end of this uh, and that he robbed the bank, meaning he robbed people. So, yes, uh, Tracy, we were talking about Jesus and Mero. That's who I was referring to when I was talking about celebrities you know, going on to a show for street cred and trying to be cool and all that. I was talking about those two. So where does Floyd go from here? I don't know, but he's looking real bad right now compared to Manny, Kenny. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, he definitely looks bad compared to Manny. Floyd looked gassed out in the last two rounds. Like, he he, he went he went from a dude who was supposedly collecting data and analyzing to a dude who tried to employ the – the little uh, strategies that he used against McGregor, gloves up real tight to the face, uh, moving forward, trying to get into him to land some punches, to the seventh and eighth round, to uh, more of the hands down and kind of just moving in and, and staying away and wasting. Like, Mayweather looked really bad. He looked gassed out. Pacquiao is looking like a legend next to Mayweather. But, you know, we're always going to hear from uh, specific Mayweather fans that it's all about the money for him, that he's money Mayweather. He's no longer a boxer. He's an entertainer now, which which he fed that into Logan Paul's head. And Logan Paul left that boxing match talking about, I'm the greatest entertainment entertainer in the world. You know, he was definitely feeling himself. But, yeah, no, 
uh, uh, Manny Pacquiao is chasing greatness. M M Manny Pacquiao is chasing the status of a legend. And Mayweather is just chasing dollar bills. Well, Tracy in the chat says something interesting. He says Mayweather just rode with it. He could have easily knocked that kid out. That's a narrative that's happening. I don't agree with that. Neither. I think he was trying to go for the knockout, probably from around th rounds three to rounds four. He was trying to knock him out. Even five. He realized that he pretty much couldn't really knock him out, that he couldn't really hurt him. And then what Jake Paul was doing was essentially clinching and holding and using his weight uh, in the last uh, couple rounds. Now, people were complaining about that, but this dude's 50-0. and 0. This dude's an all-time great. He's in the Hall of Fame. And this is an eight-round fight. You got to be prepared for the clinch. If you're going in against a guy who's that tall and that big, you got to be at least thinking that that's going to be his main strategy. Because if I was Jake Paul, my whole strategy would have been a Klitschko impersonation. Jab, jab, clinch, jab, occasional right hand, clinch, all night long. Kenny. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Uh... Look, I think Mayweather chose a dude that was too big for him. Uh, I was laughing during the show because uh, not not Dace is a mayor, but the serious announcer, uh, he, uh, not the serious announcer, the guy with the glasses long hair, I even know his name. He kept on referring back to the big show fight. But he kept on referring back to WWE, which tells you how much of a fucking circus show, how much of a of, of a WrestleMania type of fake ass event this was. Cause he was like, well, I remember in WrestleMania when when the big show got his nose broken by Mayweather. And it's just like, you know, this yeah. is this is all a gimmicky ass money grabbing situation. And and Mayweather fucked up by choosing an opponent that was way too big for him. The reach was too big, the body was too big. Mayweather couldn't hurt him. Even Mayweather tried his best to hurt him, and he couldn't hurt him. It is what it is. Mayweather made himself look bad. He should have chose somebody smaller or somebody who has more experience. Or somebody, he should have chose another MMA fighter. The worst thing is that he didn't even really outbox him, to be honest with you. And that's the saddest part because this dude really wasn't boxing that well. He, he, was getting, he was getting touched. And the worst part about it for me was that he was swinging and missing like David Lemieux against Billy Joe Saunders. <laughs> Did he not? Yeah, <laughs> no, like totally missing them. So look, let's listen a little bit of this. Floyd, he went eight rounds with you. You said this was going to be entertainment. What'd you think about I this? I had fun. You realize I'm not 21 anymore, but it's good to move around with these young guys, test my skills, just to have some fun. Great young fighter, strong, tough. He's better than I thought he was. Well, he actually wasn't better than I thought he was, Kenny. Was he better than you thought he was? He's exactly what I thought he was. He's exactly what we saw in that first fight with him against that YouTuber. Uh, he's exactly what we saw in the training camp videos. He's exactly what it was. The, the little funny hooks, the, the little funny jabs that have no reach to them. The guy, the guy didn't, didn't really look good. He just looked powerful. He looked like he did his exercise to look the part. But he didn't look like he did his boxing training to actually be the part. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he was showing, he was throwing hooks from the hip. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyways, let's get on to some real boxing. I think that's enough of the bullshit uh, for tonight. Unless anybody wants to call in and talk about this, phone lines are open. We'll be here until 9 7 one 4 
718-618-4284. We're moving on now to the battle of the juniors. And we're talking about Teofimo Lopez Jr. against George Gambosis Jr. Uh, for the 135-pound championship of the world. That is happening this Saturday. It was actually supposed to happen last Saturday. Uh, first question for you, Kenny. One, should they have moved off this date? And two, are you excited about this fight? Question number one. No, they shouldn't have moved off the date. Uh, I, I do understand why Teofimo is upset now because first it was supposed to be on a Saturday and then it got moved to a Sunday. And you know what? It could damn well have happened this last Saturday. And it would have been way a way better fight, a way better fight card, more entertaining. I would have, lo- I would love to even to see Lampley announcing the fight a week earlier. I think all of that would have been greater than than the joke that this fight card was. This, by the way, that fight card would have been so much better if if Basil Jack would have actually fought Gene Pascal. But moving on to the second question: Cambosis versus uh, Lopez. Man, I think it's gonna look, uh, it's gonna be a pretty bad night for Cambosis. With he got quick hands, but. Teofimo also got quick hands. They have very, very similar reads. But Cambosa seems to have those those feather hands that they say De- Devin Haney has. And Teofimo is just way too forceful. He, he, he's very, very powerful. I don't I don't see this going very, very well for Cambosa. I think Cambosa is going to go down by knockout. I agree with you. And my thing with George Cambosa is as much as I'm hoping to see a very competitive fight on Saturday, We've got to look at some of the facts. Um, he's not very tall at all. Nope. In fact, his height isn't even listed on BoxRec, and that may be for a reason. I mean, when I saw him at, at a press conference with Teofimo Lopez, he was actually wearing, like, these platform sneakers that kind of raise your height, and he was still visibly shorter than Teofimo Lopez Jr. He's got good hand speed. He's got a good chin, but he's undersized. And Teofimo Lopez is a very big 130-pounder. Very big 130-pounder. 35-pounder, sorry. And Gambosis is not a big lightweight. And I do not think he's going to have – he has the punching power to really get Teofimo Lopez's respect here, uh, to keep him at bay. And I see Teofimo Lopez starting much in the way that he started against Lomachenko and kind of walking him down with the jab and using his size – and his physical advantages against Gambosis. The last thing I want to say about Gambosis is that you go into a big fight, the biggest fight of your career, you want to have some confidence-building performances, right? And to me, split decision Mikey Bay, split decision Lee Selby, uh, that's not instilling much confidence in me. I don't know how much confidence it's instilling in him. How much confidence is it instilling in you, Kenny? Uh, definitely no confidence at all. One thing that I have to say that I really enjoy about Cambosis is his confidence in himself and the trash talking that he does with his, uh, with the accent that he does it in. I think it sounds great. It's like a, it's like a, a, a baby Tyson Fury with the accent, you know? Uh, um, it's just, I, I find it to be, uh, uh, pretty humorous. And, uh, by the way, I just looked it up on Google. Google has him listed at 5'7", and Teofimo is 5'8". I don't believe uh, that. I, I don't believe that. I, I don't believe it either. You know, it's not like they list NBA players to be taller than what they actually are, right? Um, but no, uh, Cambosis, uh, he doesn't – I don't have no confidence in him. He has fast hands, and he throws punches and bunches. 
but you know what? Uh, the guy who was spoke about as the best boxer in the world, CEO from Lopez, high tech, the matrix. Uh, he throws punches and bunches from many, many, many different angles. And he's also very fast. And that did not affect Teofimo Lopez. Teofimo Lopez seems to be doing everything that he needed to, that he needs to do in order for his defense to be on point. If you looked at this training sessions, he, his defense looked way better than at least what it did in his previous life. But then again, it is a, a training video, so you can't really tell, right? But in all the other fights that I've seen him preparing for, that I've seen his videos, you see him training his offense. You see him training his power. You see him training his knockout punch. You see him training his that. Which you did, which you did see some of that in these training videos. But you saw a lot more defense. You saw a lot more head movement, up, down, all types of locations. He, he impressed me, Teofimo Lopez, in his training. And you know what? I haven't really seen much training from from Cambosos. And the training that I did see from him, it looked really, really bad. He was shadow boxing. His his arms looked very short. Although they have him listed as the same arm length as as uh as Teofimo does, which I don't, I don't truly believe. They're boosting his stats. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't believe that him and Teofimo have the same arm length. It, I, I, from that training video, I don't think so. Um, how tall Lee Selby is because he does not look big against Lee Selby at all to me. He he was he was like way smaller than Lee Selby, and Lee Selby is listed as five eight, just as just as Teofimo Lopez is. So I, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it at all. A uh, shout out to Tony Boswell, Nando. Thank you for joining us uh, and appreciate you guys tuning in to Mano a Mano Monday. So 135 pound division. I think it's fair to say. Barring a huge upset uh, that would dwarf Logan Paul over Mayweather, that it's safe to say that he's going to move on from this. And then we're, we've got business that I think needs to be handled at 135. Are you with it or against it, him taking on uh, Devin Haney? I, as Teofimo Lopez said, that's food. And uh, yes, it has to happen. The fight has to happen. Uh, I don't think Teofimo Lopez can leave that division and go to 140, as they've been saying, until that fight happens. Because you want to unify all the belts. You 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 shouldn't do this uh, Mayweather thing where you go to four, five, six different weight classes just to call yourself a, a, a multi-weight champion or whatever the hell it is that is called. I think that he should grab all four of them belts before he moves to 140. And that that's just my opinion. That The fight with Devin Haney has to happen, especially with the shit that Devin Haney has been talking I, I don't think I do think that Devin Haney is, is is a great fighter. He has a lot of skill. He's very very fast. He has a, a good jab on him. He has no power though, and I, he is afraid to get hit. And I do think that that will be easy work, easy food, a, a, a great filled stomach for Teofimo Lopez. To correct something I was saying, I was referring to it as Saturday. It's Saturday, June nineteenth. Henry Laws is absolutely correct. They moved it uh, two weeks. It was supposed to be yesterday. They delayed it by. Two weeks. I guess they're gonna. They're trying to get us to re up, you know, with our bank accounts, with our paychecks, so that we can afford this pay per view. Because I agree with Nando. This fight should have been on ESPN. Unfortunately, Bob didn't come with the big dollars and lay down a good enough uh, purse bid. Uh, they probably shouldn't have even let this go to purse bid. But uh, according to uh, Gambosis's manager Khan, they didn't really submit any good offers. It went to purse bid. Triller won it. And now it's on pay-per-view, and it's gone up to $60. Uh, that That's not fair to boxing fans. Um, you know, if anyone decides to calculate how much boxing fans 
would have to spend if they purchased every pay-per-view in the United States. It's got to be approaching $1,000, I think, on, 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 a, on a year-to-year basis. It's a lot of money to pay for these pay-per-views. Thoughts, Kenny? Definitely a lot of money, and that's why I do what I do, baby. I stream them all. I, I, I stream them all just like I did with the Mayweather fight. I ain't buy shit. I stream everything. Although only, only, I only honestly, I only buy the fights that I think are very, very valuable when I'm having company in my house to watch the fight. If, if, if I'm not having company, best believe this man right here is saving his dollars and streaming these fights. Well, you know, I'm I'm a sucker because I buy a lot of these these fights, and I'll be honest with you, more often than not, I'm feeling a little bit disappointed, bitter taste in my mouth. You know, you, I I kind of feel like back when I used to cut my hair often. And, you know, the barber finishes the cut with the shape up and just fucks up the whole shit and pushes your, your hairline back. That's the same feeling I used to get after buying these pay-per-views, uh, feeling like I got ripped off. So, look, next topic is something that came up earlier on today in the uh, Maestro Boxing Google Hangout. And I'll drop the link to that if anybody else wants to join in on our daily boxing discussions in the Google Hangout group. And the question was posed by Nopal Boxeanos, good, good, uh, close uh, member of the uh, boxing family here, a regular uh, contributor here to uh, content that uh, I produced at D-Style, G-Funky, everybody in our network puts out there. My man Nopal asked the question, what is lineal? And I started to answer the question, uh, because I thought I knew the answer, but uh, Fight Doctor, who's also in the group with us, uh, then kind of started to disagree with my answer of what lineal means. Um, you know, it, it it's it's an interesting thing because I thought I knew what lineal meant, but apparently I don't. So we're going to get into it now. And uh, what we'll actually do is I'm going to share something courtesy of BT Sport, which... I've got to talk about later on as well, because I do want to talk about Dubois with you, which unfortunately was also not on ESPN this weekend. And I think it should have been on the plus. I mean, that's what I thought I was paying for with my membership. But we're going to go to something courtesy of uh, BT Sport here. And it is one of my friend Kenny's favorite personalities in boxing. And that's Big John Fury talking about what it means to be lineal. There's only boxing purists understand a lineal championship of its importance. That belt goes right back to John L. Sullivan. And only true champions have earned the right to mm. call us a lineal champion. You know, and you've got to lose that belt in the ring. But to the uh, Joe public who does not understand boxing as well as the next, they think, what is it, a paper title? Is it a made-up title? Yeah. It's one of the most important titles out there you can hold. You know, it's every bit as good as the others. So I, a well-known, I, I, I'm well-known. in total agreement. But, and that's why I think it's very, yeah. very good that Ring Magazine well, publication, yeah. we all... All right, so we'll leave it there for now. Uh, my understanding of lineal is this. Uh, and again, people disagreed with this, but I always thought that linear meant you start with the first person, that person's beat by the second person, who's beat by the third, who's beat by the fourth. But the problem with linear is that if somebody retires or dies or, you know, leaves the sport for whatever reason and wasn't beat, the linear chain is broken. So lineal, to me, was always 
whoever's considered the undisputed to the next person who's considered the undisputed, whether or not it was one in the ring or not. I, I never considered Tyson Fury to be the lineal champion for one reason and one reason only. The last lineal heavyweight champion to me was Lennox Lewis. He was undisputed. No one else could lay claim to the heavyweight championship of the world. And he retired from the sport. The chain was broken. No one has been undisputed champion since then. Until the AJ Fury fight happens, there is no lineal heavyweight championship of the world. Kenny. Sorry, you're on mute, bro. My fault, my fault. I think the entire lineal championship conversation is bogus. It's all trash. This lineal champion is crap. It's it's it's, it's a made up lingo for those that lost the belt either on the scale or retired. I think it's all bullshit. It's all crap. Unless you got a belt, you're not a fucking champ. That is it's that simple in my eyes. Lineal is all bogus piece of crap. Well, what what if this happens, though, Kenny? What if Canelo? after becoming undisputed, just decides to drop all the belts. Is he not the lineal champion? He decides to drop all the belts. Sounds like a man who's running from certain challenges, a man who didn't want to fight somebody in the division or a man who thought it was his time to hang up the gloves. That made he, – he, he's not he, – no one can fight him anymore. That makes him lineal what? Why is he lineal? He, he no longer has a belt. He's not a champion in this division. It is what it is. Peace out to, to whoever decided that they didn't want to fight or that they was ready to retire, or that they lost their belts on the scale, or that they had mental health issues, whatever the case may be. If you don't have the belts, you're not a champion. If you don't have the belts, shut the fuck up. All right, we're, before we go to, to, to Nopa, who's on the line with us, I want to read out something that Nando said that, that makes me laugh. He said, now you're just being a dosser. <laughs> I mean, I'm a huge Tyson Fury fan, and I've defended him, you know, and I've joked before that he's lineal, but uh, no power. What are your thoughts, fam? Well, you know what? That yeah. video you just played is a, a, a pretty bad revelation. Because if you put that together with what you just said about uh, about uh, uh, the lineage dying with uh, Lennox Lewis, yeah. then, then I don't know why these guys are bringing up John L. Sullivan. You know what I'm saying? If the bell has nothing to do with him. It's like the, the lineage died with somebody else. So why is Big John Fury even bringing up John L. Sullivan? I thought it was passed down and it got all the way to, to uh, Tyson Fury, you know? Yeah, I mean, my understanding of linear was that it's the man that beat the man that beat the man that beat the man. But the thing is, as soon as the man retires from the sport unbeaten, then there is no more linear. So then it became lineal with an L. And... I don't know how you win a lineal championship. I'm, I was hoping Fight Doctor would, would chime in here because according to Fight Doctor, the belts don't matter. And the only thing that matters is the lineal heavyweight or lineal championship. But my question is, how do you become lineal unless it's the undisputed championship? This, nope. sounds, this sounds like the pound for pound conversation. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the clear definition has always been the man that beats the man. So if the man ends up retiring, it dies with him. And that's precisely why there's, there's not a lineal or linear in every in every uh, weight class. And the funny thing about the, the difference, linear and lineal, you guys are going to get cracked up over this. But I did, I just thought linear was the way the English people said lineal. You know how they're always adding R's? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I, I didn't know 
was a difference, you know, to be honest about that. No, Paul, you're not, you got nothing to be ashamed of on that one because I didn't know the difference either. But when Fury kept talking about John L. Sullivan and his dad and stuff, I thought they were saying linear too until I started hearing lineal with an L. And then I had to look into the dictionary to see what, what the difference is. Linear can be broken. Lineal is like less breakable. But the fact is we're hardcore fans and I barely understand this. So, so I don't really know. I, I do agree with what Chicano Prophet's saying in the chat, though. He says, I think if you go undisputed, you're lineal until proven otherwise. Yeah, I agree. If Canelo decides to drop the WBO and all these other trash organization titles, he's proven himself to be the best at 168. Until he's beaten, he's the man. Kenny, you're, you're, not in your, you're, you're shaking your head. Nope. I completely disagree. Again, this lineal, linear conversation is just like the pound for, for pound crap. It's non-existent. There's no such thing. Either you're a champion and you have a belt or you're not. It's that simple. The, this whole big John Fury created argument or whatever. Like the, fuck out of here with that, bro. Either you have one of the four belts that are the main belts in today's day or, or you do not. It's that simple. If you retire, you retire. Great. You were once the undisputed champ. Great. Clap, clap. You're retired now. That's it. If the next person wins it, now they're the champ. There's no such thing as lineal. Lineal is a way to discredit the person who currently has the belts. Lineal is a way to discredit the current champion. And that's exactly what, what Fury and his dad was doing when AJ had the, and Deontay Wilder had the belts. It's disrespectful. Shut that shit down. Respect the man with the belts. And he, he beat Deontay Wilder? Amazing. Talk shit about Deontay Wilder. It's that simple. Until you get all the four belts. If you beat Joshua, you're the man now. Talk shit about everybody. Until then, stop disrespecting the people with the belts because you they they're, they're the men they're the men on in the covers of the magazines they're the men that are publicized on all these other boxing websites they're the men getting the money they're the men getting the purse they're the men getting the big contracts they're the men on the A side not the lineal champion. So what about the Ring Magazine champion though, Kenny? Because they recognize the lineal championship and they present that belt, you know that uh, red, white, and blue belt you know, the Ring Magazine belt as the lineal champ. You know, they, they have oftentimes given that out to Undisputed, but sometimes they've not they've given it out to when it's not even Undisputed. Like right now, I believe Fury has it because he was the number uh, one, I think, and he faced the number two or, or something. Like, I, I know they give it out if the one faces the two in their rankings. You, you know what? So me, I'm from the Dominican Republic. And I'm from Washington Heights, so I'm gonna create the the Washington Heights Dominican Champion Belt, and and, and I'm gonna create a magazine because I got if, if I had money, I'm gonna create a magazine, and now I'm gonna give this belt out to whoever the fuck I decide. This is all joke, corny bullshit. It's like the pound for pound talk. How do you know who's pound for pound? Because because Canelo's gonna fight uh fucking uh what's his name uh uh Errol Spence, or he's gonna fight uh, uh um. The dude signed with top rank, or he's gonna fight whoever is top ten. No, they're not gonna fight because they're all different weight classes. It's all a fucking joke. It's all bullshit. It's all conversation points to get people upset to try to make fights. Well, what? Uh, no, pal, you wanted to say something, fam? Um, yeah, I kind of lost my train of thought. Um, I was gonna say that 
I was also uh, I, uh, that uh, uh, that it is. I kind of agree with uh, a little bit of what Kenny's saying. Is you know everything just becoming a, a fucking joke, really? Because I remember the time that uh, that Canelo was lineal, and you know he didn't make a big old deal about that. He he didn't push that around like uh, Fury did. You know, like I'm the lineal champ and all this. The motherfucker never even mentioned that belt that that belt once. And I think it's not the fact that you have the uh, the Ring Magazine belt, per se. I think what it is is Ring Magazine, they, they keep up with the uh, lineal status in each weight, weight class. They're the ones that are like the historians on that, how it passes through to different guys. So they keep a status of all the lineal champs. But what they do is sometimes they attach it to that lineal, uh, that Ring Magazine belt, which you can only lose by losing it to somebody. But- you know? So I think that's what they do. And I, like I, last thing I want to add yep. about that is that is that uh, I think that when Canelo was stripped because of the Cambodio clambuterol thing, um, they gave that belt straight to Triple G. I, I think they broke their own rule on that that you could only lose it, and and a lot of people on the like different uh, boxing websites and, mag- and magazines and stuff they love Triple G so much that now they were saying that Triple G was lineal champ which i don't believe it was ever true but i saw on one of the publications i forgot which one it is they were justifying with a new rule they had just made or something which like kenny just said that he's going to make his own bell from the dominican republic i mean these guys practically did their own thing by making a rule saying hey if you got three of the belts or more then right away we're gonna you know you're instantly lineal but there's just too much confusing confusion going around around with a lot of these things in boxing. Yeah, I agree. And look, my confusion of it is this. I thought I had a clear understanding of what lineal meant. And again, Fight Doctor, he's in the Google Hangout with us. I'm going to drop the link to the Google Hangout in a moment so that people can join in and join our daily discussions. But my, my understanding of lineal was that you're the undisputed champion, and it's like undisputed being passed on to undisputed. And if you retire, like... Lennox Lewis did, then the next person that becomes undisputed is the next lineal champ. I don't understand how anyone made a case for Fury being lineal champ because Fury was never undisputed. Fury never had the WBC title because uh, Vladimir never had it. That title was held by Vitaly, then it was vacated, right? And then uh, uh uh, Wilder obviously fought, fought Stavern for it and won the WBC title. He never got the WBC title. He was never undisputed. So I don't understand how he ever became lineal. Blood Boxing says he knows how, how to explain it. Um, yeah, I'd love for you to jump on sometime. You can jump on now uh, if you want. I'll drop the, the link into the chat real quick. And anyone who wants to talk about this can come on and, and join us. But I, I'm with Chicano Prophet on this. If you're undisputed, you're fucking lineal. And the next person that's undisputed is lineal, and that's it. Uh, Chica- uh, sorry, uh, no problem. Oh, I was just going to say that is, uh, yeah, that Blood had some videos back in the day where he was breaking down the, the lineal belt when it came to Fury and when it came even to uh, Sergio Martinez and all them, you know, because Kelly Pavlik, I guess, was lineal and he passed. He must have got it from somebody else, but he passed it down and lost it to Sergio Martinez. But yeah, Kelly there. got it. Kelly got it. Sorry to, to interrupt, but Kelly got it from Bernard Hopkins. Sorry, from Jermaine yeah. Taylor, who got it from Bernard Hopkins. 
So that makes sense. Because yeah. Jer- uh, Jermaine Taylor was undisputed. He beat Bernard Hopkins, who was undisputed. So that one makes sense. But if you're not undisputed, I don't know how you can make a claim to being lineal. Just saying. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and hop off if Blood wants to hop on so he can explain a little more if he's going to hop on. All right. Absolutely, uh, no problem. But thank you for this topic, bro, because it was an interesting discussion that we were having in uh, in the chat. So, uh, yeah, let's let's keep the convo going. Thank you, no, uh, no Paul. All right. So that was no Paul. Kenny, any last thoughts on the lineal topic before we jump in and discuss uh, Dubois? Oh, blood's blood's on with us. Let's go. Let, let, uh, I was gonna say my last thoughts are let's not talk about it anymore. Okay. It's bullshit. But, but let's let this man say his piece. Blood, how's it going? Man? Hey, I have a question for you, man. Um, yeah. um, when Mike Tyson fought Michael Spinks, was yeah. Mike Tyson undisputed? Well, that's what what Fight Doctor brought up this morning because he said that Spinks was lineal champ and that Tyson was undisputed. Right, they is, still considered Spinks the lineal champ. But, but, that, but how can you be lineal? How can you be undisputed champ if the lineal champ is still out there? How does that happen? I know that that right there never got straightened out. We had a debate on this. D style will remember, okay? D style will remember. We had debates on this like ten years ago. Yeah. Right, and nobody could come up with the answer on that whole thing with. The undisputed because Michael Spinks had a lineal, a linear, and the lineal and linear, they're just kind of thrown around loosely. There's no real difference between them and boxing. They're just yeah. kind of thrown around loosely. Um, but that's the problem. Like the rule is supposed to be that if a champion retires or leaves out of the division, that you can't have another lineal until somebody becomes undisputed. But that the Michael Spinks example, um, you know, kind of goes against that because Michael Spinks was still around and Mike Tyson was undisputed, but they weren't calling him lineal, if you get what I mean, right? Yeah. You understand what I mean? Yeah, I understand what you mean. It would be like, uh, I don't know, Canelo uh, dropping the titles, someone else becoming quote-unquote undisputed, but Canelo's still out there and Canelo hasn't been beat. Right, so... At that time, that kind of throws away the whole thing about being undisputed and being lineal, and that's where the problem came in. And nobody could never answer that. And it's a debate that went on forever. So there was other people who came in with rules that they couldn't verify where they got them from, like the number one has to beat the number two. Like, um, and what sanction body is this? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's just – so it's kind of comes down to um, an unwritten kind of rule, man, or – almost like a personal preference too. Like if you guys have your um, opinion, like you guys were just disagreeing on what yeah. it was all about. So, and nobody's right or wrong in the whole situation. I'm here to tell you now, as Bruce goes, this um, lineal debate went on forever. I don't, D style could tell you about the whole thing. It went on forever. So let me, let me ask I, you. I this. love what he's saying. I love what he's saying because he's proving my further proving my point about this being like the pound for pound conversation. It's nonsense. It's bogus. How do you decide who's pound for pound? Yeah. Everybody has a different opinion. It's all bogus. It's nonsense. Sorry, your question. Right, because there's no written rule. There's no real written rule. There is a definition, right? There's a definition, but there's no written rules within boxing guidelines, right? So 
it's hard to really distinguish who's Lenny. And then the lines get broken all the time. It's just like with that whole thing with Lennox Lewis. Lennox Lewis retired, okay? So I guess he was automatically out of that discussion once he retired. But in order to get back that lineal thing going again, you're supposed to become undisputed in a situation well, like that. And that's the thing. That's how I don't understand. So, so do you agree with me then that Fury was never lineal because he didn't become undisputed, or you disagree with that? No, I don't think Lin- – um, Fury was never lineal because Klitschko, I never saw Klitschko as a lineal because he didn't beat, not Vladimir, because he didn't beat Lennox Lewis and he didn't become undisputed. Yeah, and his brother was the WBC champion and they right. never lose each other. Exactly. So how could you be how could you be undisputed and therefore how could you be lineal, right? Well, he couldn't be undisputed because his brother had the WBC strap. He couldn't be lineal because a lot of fight fans want to see an undisputed. But there is no real written rule. It's written all over the place. I found several um, examples over the internet. I think it's still on my retro boxing and documentaries page, but it's an earlier video. I found several examples of different um, definitions of lineal, like within boxing, um, different articles where people were describing a difference. So it's just one of those things, right? So it's it's one of those things. That, you're right, man. It's not something that's really organized that we could really stand on too hard right you know his dad other- could go around and claim he's lineal but what what stance is he using what um he didn't become undisputed right and, and because and, and klitschko was never undisputed right no so they he- can't use the undisputed thing to have started back up the line and i don't understand how he makes the chain all the way back to john l sullivan like that chain's been broken multiple fucking times you know well what I mean? because what happened is when when um, Tyson beat Michael Spinks, they tried to make that lineal because Larry Holmes was connected. The WBC Ali was connected to that. Liston was connected before then. Um, Joe Frazier in between there and George yeah. Foreman. So it yeah. was at one time you could connect it, but then they started with the different sanctioning bodies and all of that stuff. And they started um, going off and having their legacies. The um, sanctioning bodies were split. And it would be hard. You, you try to determine which one somebody would move out of the division or something like that. And then you kind of bro- stuck there with a broken line. Like it's easy to break the line, man. It's easy to yeah. break the line. So it's hard to determine what starts the line back up. Right. That's what it's hard to determine. That, that, you have to look into it. You can look into it. You're going to find several things. I'm here to tell you now. I'll, I'll definitely look into it. And what's interesting to me is that Fury was calling himself lineal while also shitting on the pound for pound uh, connotation, which I think is is a funny connotation to begin with. Anyways, to me, the best fighter in the world is the heavyweight champion. Period. No one's beating the heavyweight champion. No cruiserweight. No light heavyweight. Damn. I mean, there's definitely no way a welterweight's beating him. So whenever I heard, oh, Floyd's the best fighter, like, no, he's not. He's just not. So, But people say, oh, he's the best pound for pound. So Fury's quote on pound for pound always made me laugh. His quote was, pound for pound is like saying, if I had wings, I could fly faster than an eagle. I always thought that that was, uh, that was a good one. But So he's shitting on pound for pound, but he's also claiming lineal. I thought that was, that was funny. Uh, blood. Any last thoughts? The, the original, the original lineal lines up in heavyweight was probably broken um, during the early '80s when um, Ali had basically was coming out of the game, and the WBA and the WBC belt got split. 
Yeah. And then the IBF came into the picture and then Larry Holmes let go of the WBC belt in the early 80s. So now we're going around with three champions. You got well, Larry Holmes and you got all these different belts changing hands with guys like Michael Dokes, Big John Tate. So that's where the confusion came in. And then to get those belts back together, Mike Tyson was the one who kind of brought those belts back together. But then you had Michael Spinks, who was being called the lineal champion because he beat Larry Holmes, who was connected to Ali and all of that. So it's just a really confusing thing, bro. Uh, good luck at it. If y'all do come to a conclusion, I'll be very impressed because I'm telling you now, me and D-Style spent several years talking about this shit. Okay. Back, like maybe 2012 or something like that. I'm, I'm going to look at the history and then I'm going to make a very like comprehensive argument about it. Because um, what okay. I do remember, last thing on this, I remember when I was a kid and like, I think it was Shannon Briggs was fighting um, uh, George Foreman for the Foreman? championship. Yeah. And I was, what the fuck are they talking about? Like, I didn't understand it when I was a kid. I think that's the first time I came in, like, that came into my radar. Do you remember that? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, I do remember that. I can't remember which belt it was, though. Was it the WBO? It was a WBO. It was a WBO, yeah. Right, right. And then when the WBO came, that just added more um, confusion, which it became basically a major belt in 2006 or 2007 when all the sanctioning bodies agreed. Then they started tearing, so it's really hard. It's easy to pick a spot where a line could have been broken. It's very easy. If you sit there and you really dissect the division, I was able to find several ways to break down Canelo Alvarez's lineal status. I have a video on it, some retro boxing and documentaries. Oh, wow. I'll look it up. It's it's just one of those things, man, that comes down to your preference, just like pound for pound, because there's nothing really solid they're millennial and what to how you get those lines back or, and things like that. There's nothing solid and they're all over the place when you start doing research. But man, yeah, man, that's all I wanted to say, man. I appreciate you having me on, bro. Um, oh, it's good to talk to you too, man. Bro. It's good to talk to you guys. HCP for life. Leave it in the ring up in this motherfucker, man. And I'll see y'all real soon, man. Peace Thank out. you, man. Thank you okay. so much. Take care, blood. Take all right, care, brother. Thank you, man. That was Blood Boxing. I'm a huge fan of his work. Check out his channel. Uh, I always log into it. He he does a, he was doing a thing for a while where people could jump on and they had great debates about different topics. So always uh, a, a big fan of Blood Boxing. Check out Blood Boxing um, as soon as you can. So last thing I wanted to talk about before we get up out of here, right? I was a huge fan of this kid, and I'm talking about none other than Daniel Dubois. Uh, Kenny knew I was a big fan of his, and he labeled him dubious uh, while I was saying that he was like the next big thing. He's like, nah, I'm, this is a dubious dude. This is Daniel dubious until he proves himself. Then he had the obviously the fight with, with Joe Joyce. Joe Joyce was sticking that hammer jab in his face, uh, broke his orbital bone. He fought about six rounds with a broken orbital bone, which is pretty tough. But he did bend the knee and, and bowed out, and he took a lot of criticism for that. He came back Saturday. He fought Bogdan Dinu and got that dude up out of there. Um, I think the funniest thing about this whole situation with this fight was that it was actually for a WBA championship. So bear with me, uh, Kenny, and then the floor is yours. The WBA has got to be the most ridiculous sanctioning body that's out there. You got uh, Joshua, super champ. 
You've got Mahmoud Char, champ in recess. You've got Trevor Bryant, regular champ. You've got Robert Hellenius, gold champ. I'm up to four. Daniel Dubois is their fifth heavyweight world champion. He's now the WBA interim world champion. Uh, Kenny, what are your thoughts on Dubois? What are your thoughts on the situation with the WBA? Who, by the way, just fucked over uh, our man Ugas, by the way, too. And and it looks like they're going to send him back to regular and give Manny back his title, which they should have never taken away. But, Kenny, go ahead. Uh, I think uh, the situation is all a joke. We've had this conversation before. And my sentiment is that there should only be one championship belt. There shouldn't be all these other sanctioning bodies with all these sanctioning belts. It shouldn't, they, they shouldn't have different champions, the main, the secondary, tertiary champions. It, it, it makes boxing semi-gimmicky. It pushes away certain people that want to see one true champ, one true boss man. It, 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 gives, uh, it, it gives boxing... Uh, um, that effect of like money hungry they just here for money they just here for money and views and while we're here for actual fights and the actual champ you know, it, it, it just it creates that confusion it, it, it's i think it's trash but yeah, yeah go ahead guys sorry i was gonna respond to the other second question but go ahead go ahead go ahead regarding uh dubious <laughs> uh, um, look man uh I just feel like uh, we can't say that he's really the next big thing, next great thing. I feel like uh, the the guy still has a lot to learn. He does seem to be very powerful, but he does seem to be very basic. And he had only fought he's so far he's only fought very basic people. I, I don't think Joe Joyce is that great of a fighter. Uh, Joe Joyce got beat, got his ass beat by a cruiserweight, and couldn't even put the cruiserweight down one time in Usyk. Uh, so you know. If you ask me, uh, uh, um, I don't think that Dubois has proven anything by fighting for this title that's not really a title that another man holds. The actual champions in the heavyweight division right now are Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury, and all the rest of the belts could kiss my ass. I agree that they're the only two champions, and I'm putting up the World Boxing Association website. You can see it on the screen. It's exactly what I said. They just haven't updated it yet to include their newest world champion, interim champion, Daniel Dubois, Anthony Joshua, Trevor Bryant, Mahmoud Char, Robert Hellenius, and now uh, Daniel Dubois. That's five, uh, quote-unquote, world champions in one weight class with one sanctioning body, which I think is pretty absurd. So I want to thank everyone that was here today with us. Uh, This show is an hour long. Uh, you're always free to call in. The number is 718-618-4284. So when we're back next week, please do call in if you want to join the discussion. Every now and again, I will also drop the link. Kenny will as well to the chat. We'll keep the chat conversations going. Thank you to everyone I thanked earlier. I'm also thanking Henry Lyles, D. Hodge, uh, Tony Boswell, HLD, and everyone else that joined us, Joe Lopez, 40 uh, ounce, and everyone else. Thank you so much. That is it for Monday. Mano a mano. We are live every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Kenny, last thoughts. You're on mute, bro. I do that too often. Thank you for joining us, guys. It's been great. It's always great. Follow me on Twitter, Kenny underscore T33. I'm a professional trash-talking extraordinaire.
Don't get mad at what I say. Just laugh and, and join me on it. But I do speak a lot of truth and facts. 